Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, everyone. We have an episode for you today called The Grape Theft. Instead of the great theft, you get it? Play on words. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we're going to talk about some interesting recent activities that have occurred in stealing wine, really. But um, I just can't believe that this kind of thing happens, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised. So what are we drinking? Okay. We, Sarah, I don't know the last time, but it wasn't that long ago, maybe, but this is an Italian wine. I'm excited. We need to talk about a new region. And I feel like lately I've been like, kind of like into more Italian wine these days. You have. You have. Mm -hmm. As evidenced by recent drinkings. Yep. Yes. So this is called, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but Ladro de Uva, which translates to the grape thief. It is a 2018 vintage of the Nero de Troia is the grape. It's called, uh, it's the grape. Okay. And it's from Puglia. Um, okay. In Italy, which Puglia is the heel of Italy's boot. I think folks will be able to visualize where that's located. Um, can I just say for a second, this is a 12.7% ABV. I don't think we've that's drank light. something that low for yeah. a very long time. Not that's red. This is a red wine. Why don't we tell everybody that? Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's a red wine. <laughs> no, it's just confusing with uh, Italian, Italian wine. Grapes. But this yeah. is a, this is a red wine, and I usually that low of ABV is a white wine. Yeah, I'm okay. That just means we can drink more. I'm super intrigued by it, so yeah. I'm gonna open it. I will also say that there's like a warthog, like wild boar, pig, or some friend like that on the front of the bottle. Yeah. And you know, I just saw a California wine with, the, I swear to God, the same image. Did you really? Yeah. I took a picture of it. I'll have to show it to you. Oh, we'll have um, to compare. Oh, yeah. But I do love that we can do this because I feel like we don't normally get to drink Italian wines on our show here. No so kidding. what kind of grape is this most like? Do we know? Or is it just its own? Red. Well, it is its own. It's a it's an indigenous uh, grape. Oh, thank you. you know what? I didn't pay attention before, but you gave me the DBP glass. I did. I feel so special. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I feel like um, we haven't busted out the DBP glass in a while, so we needed to come out. Cheers. Cheers. Pass the wine, bitch. Yep. Oh. It smells like uh, earthy but fruity at the same time. Like black fruits. Yeah. Oh, there's there's some herb on the nose. Yeah, it's got like... But what is it? Is it thyme? Maybe. Is it, it thyme? <laughs> Sorry, it's <is> so stupid. <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's time for wine. It's always time for wine. Okay. Also, like, I smell a lot of minerality on here. It's pretty smooth. It is smooth. Right? Yeah. There's not a lot of tannin. At least I'm not getting any. Mm -mm. No, me either. Which I'm surprised about because I'm pretty sure I read that it's a tannic wine. (laughs) Uh, This is a very um, 
drinkable wine. I would say, and I know Italian wine, as we know, is made to drink with food. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I would say that this could probably go down very easily. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that we will put a pretty good dent in this mm-hmm. over the course of our recording. Sorry, super fast, before I jump to more about the grape, this wine is like 20 bucks. And I, I can't remember, I think I just bought it at our local wine shop. Um, so Nero de Troya is an indigenous grape, like I said. It's also known as Yuva de Troya. So I said Ladro de Yuva is the name of this wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the grape of Troya. Um, it also is known as Sumarello. So it has mm. many, many uh, a lot of names. Yep. All for the same grape. Um, and so this was supposedly named after the Puglian town of Troya, which according to legend was founded by Diomedes. Diomedes. How do you say it? I don't know. Okay, let's pretend I know what I'm doing. After the siege and sacking of ancient Troy. So there's like a little history behind how this grape was named, kind of going back to like how old, um, you know, grapes and certain regions are and the fact that many grapes used to be named, especially indigenous grapes, are named of the places that they're originated from. Right. This particular grape does well in hot Mediterranean climates, and very few, if any, producers make this or grow this varietal outside of Puglia. Uh, Puglia being the heel of Italy, it's on the coast of the Adriatic Sea across from Greece, so it's right on that nice waterfront. Supposedly, the vines grow pretty big, compact clusters of medium-sized, thick-skinned berries, and it's a characteristic that gives wines good structure and tannins. So that's why I'm, I'm a little surprised. I'm not getting a lot. Because even Karen McNeil said that this is like a rustic, tannic wine. But I maybe don't know. We just, do we need to swish it? I. Even then, it's like very... It's. Minimal. Uh, there's a hmm. there's a little. There's a little bit. But I wouldn't call it a tannic wine in any way. No. We've had plenty of other ones. There's a good amount of acidity, which you'd expect with Italian wine. Yeah. No, this is pretty tasty. One thing I would say is that these are apparently also very low-yielding okay. wine, uh, vines. And so because they're y- low-yielding, it still takes a lot of time and resources and energy, etc. Right? And so it's kind of lost its popularity because it just takes a lot of extra love and without a lot of literal fruit for the yield, (laughs) for all the effort. So even though people tend to produce good quality full-bodied wines with this particular wine, it's just not the cost uh, outweighs the benefit, I guess, for many producers Mm. in the area. That's probably why we haven't had it. I I know. It sounds like it is... Extremely, extremely limited. Some of the other big grapes that are grown in Puglia are Primitivo, which we're, of course, very familiar with. Yep. Primitivo and Negro Amaro. Ah. And so this is sort of... I haven't had that either. What? Negro Amaro? Right. I think I have once. It is a very dark, dark grape. And Mm. apparently Negro Amaro translates to black bitter. So... I think it might be a slightly tough wine to drink on its own, as opposed to this guy who, I don't know, I feel like I could re- easily drink this without requiring food to accompany. I That's what I was saying. It's easy drinking. And, you know, the thing I love about European wine, 
you know, why not from, I don't get me wrong, Napa has a special place in my heart, of course, mm -hmm. but is that you can get a $20 bottle and it's good. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like most bottles in the, the 15 to 20 range from Napa are not going to be great. This is a wine where like I would sit, I, I would find my own personal time worthy of this $20 bottle of wine. Yeah. And also not just be like, I'm just drinking this just to drink. I'm drinking it. it I, can, I think it's actually quite enjoyable. I do too. Yeah. This is very enjoyable. So so what kind of food pairings? Because this is Italian. So Because it's Italian. Okay. Right. So a few options that were noted here, and this is through Wine Searcher. They say fava bean puree with wild chicory. <laughs> that is so specific. Isn't it random too, though? <laughs> I mean, is it a popular dish in Italy, maybe? I don't know. Chicory? I, I mean, who eats chicory? Do I don't you, know. Don't you make chicory coffee in New Orleans or something? No idea. I swear that's what it's... Okay. So, basically, that's off our list. Okay. Penne pasta with rabbit ragu. That sounds delicious. That does sound delicious. I don't know that I've ever eaten rabbit, but... I have, and it's... Have you? So good. I was going to say, I would totally be open for Cooked it. Cooked right, rabbit is delicious. Did you eat it at a restaurant or did you yeah. eat it? Okay. I was going to say, or did somebody prepare it for you? No, no, no. Like in someone's house. No, I ate it at a restaurant. Okay. All right. And it was amazing. Okay. No, we didn't go shooting rabbits in uh, our front yard. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what you need to do though. They're so cute. Winston, my puppy over Pull here, he, he's really into chasing rabbits. So <laughs> if he ever catches one, I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing that is probably more within the wheelhouse of any n regular person to possibly make is grilled butterfly chicken with thyme. thyme. So maybe there you go. That's, there's like a little hint of thyme in here. Right. I don't know. So a couple fun things about Italy, and I have to turn to our friend Karen McNeil. Of course. Of course. She is a personal friend. We're totally the <laughs> We all drink champagne together at five. No. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I would love to do that. Yeah, if you haven't listened to our interview with Karen, please, oh, please now do. Is the now time. is the time. Not only is it one of our shortest episodes, but it is such an interesting one mm -hmm. to talk to somebody who kind of got into wine for a random reason or by a random route. Okay, like I said before, Negro Amaro is a primary grape, so is Primitivo. There are some other really popular indigenous grapes. Nero de Troya, I wouldn't say it's the most widely available but it does say here that it is the indigenous grape variety behind the robust red castel del monte nero de troya reserva d-o-c-g so just said a lot of words it was a lot of words and it just is supposed to roll off the tongue apparently oh, mm -hmm. um so d-o-c-g is the classification system d-o-c-g is the highest and certainly reserva bears another gold medal i guess you could say but castel del monte Nero de Troya is something that I know I've read about in a couple other postings that I've seen about this particular grape. So apparently if you can get your hands on one, that is one to try. But I also wanted to note a fun fact about Apulia's location. So despite it being like right next to the ocean or the sea, excuse me, there's apparently a lack of groundwater. And this has been a limiting factor to the region's growth. Now, I don't know if that's like population-wise or if that's continued agricultural growth. I'm right. Probably both, actually. But that said, back in the 17th century, there were these dwellings called Trulli. 
that are kind of like little huts, but they're not they're not like straw huts. We're not talking yeah. about like the three little pigs. No, those look really nice. But they are mortarless limestone huts with conical roofs, and they basically were built directly atop cisterns dug into the bedrock and are still found today near vineyards of the Itria Valley. So I don't know if those were designed to capture water and carry that through to irrigate the vineyards, um, but it still seems like it's something that's still in use today. You know, I know irrigation is always a challenge for a lot of vineyards um, around the world, so I just think it's interesting that, you know, certain ingenious ideas that have come about and sustained, right. despite, despite the many years and the technology that has advanced. That's crazy. Yeah. So And anyway. very cool. Yeah. I would love to go there. I would love to go to all these places on this map here that you have put. Uh, same. Same. Put in front of me, which I know you guys can't see, but um, if you just Google, like, the Wine Folly Italy wine map, you'll be able to see it. So should we get into our topic here? The Grape Thief? The yeah. Grape Thieves? Yes. Yeah. I think we decided to talk about this because, one, we found the wine, and, two, there's some recent wine heists that have occurred. Bum, bum, bum. Kind of outrageous, actually. Yeah. So... I've got questions. Okay. I want to hear them. So, tell me about the most recent one that we came across. I got an email the other day. Okay. About all of this stuff that's been happening... In Scandinavia, basically. Or in Europe, I'll say. Several happening in Norway in November. Like, just before... like Which you wouldn't think Norway would be the place. Not really, no. Right? Like, one, is that the place where you think of, like, high-end wine? Okay, so here's the thing, though. Also, but also, like, is that the place where you think of, like, crime happening? No. No. Certainly not. I've been there. They're like the nicest fucking That's people what I'm in Norway. Like, doesn't like nothing happen You there? know what? They have to be foreigners and not Norwegians because there's no way that Norwegians would ever do this right. to each other. Okay, so Norway in November, Austria in November, there was another one in Norway twice the same spot in November. Big thefts. So what the fuck? Where did they take them from? Is it a restaurant? Okay, so some of them were restaurants. Okay. Some of them were um, wine retail shops. Um, Okay. And not just like your sort of mom and poppy tiny shop. I mean like... Like a thief wine. Carried a um, shit ton of really high-end wines. Okay. So this is not... Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not like your everyday Joe is going to like walk in off the street and just like yeah. go buy a bottle. I wouldn't expect. Granted, I will say I've never been there. But yeah. So the one in Oslo, Norway, is called Park 29 Restaurant. It happened in early November. Somebody stole 264 bottles of Barolo. How, how do you walk out that many bottles? Again, so many questions. Yeah. How many trips do you have? So... Barolo, Bordeaux, Burgundy, and Cote Roti. But they skimped out on any champagnes, which can get some pretty top dollar too. Yeah, that's weird. The owner of Park 29 Restaurant said, like, they obviously knew that what they were coming for. Like, it was a very intentional heist. And then, supposedly, there's no trace. And the wines... Are valued between one hundred and twenty thousand and two hundred thousand dollars total, and that's U.S. dollars total. Total, 
and they're impossible to replace. Now, I don't, I haven't looked at what their wine list Okay, was. so that's a lot of money. Yeah. I hope they had insurance. Is it more or less than you would expect? It's a lot of money, but that's a lot of work for that amount of money. If we're talking 264 bottles, that's like roughly under $1,000 a bottle average if you're doing 200000 Yeah. Okay. So what's the next one? Let's just talk through these and then I'm going to speculate here. Okay. Oh, you're going to... Okay. So then there was another um, restaurant called Tolbod... Oh, God. Tolbaden. And that was in Krogero... Norway. Okay. Totally butchering everything. Sorry. Two break-ins in their cellar in in two weeks in November. Now, the Sam who worked there said several bottles of Domaine de la Romane Conte. Conte. God, I can't sp- I can't fucking speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? Conte. Conte. <laughs> All right, so Domaine de la Romane Conti, uh-huh. as well as Meunier, Chateau Mouton Rothschild, and Palmer. Okay, so if anyone doesn't know, those are really high-end wines. Yeah, yeah. And Probably most expensive bottles, like, anywhere. Yeah, thousands of dollars per bottle. Unfortunately, Tolbaden closed. Supposedly, the group plans to open another wine-focused restaurant in Oslo... Which sounds pretty cool, but I'm also thinking, did they close because they were out all this fucking money? Because they lost their I mean, storage? Like, what? There had to be more than that. Yeah, I don't know that they... Okay. We don't know how insurance works in Norway either. That is also true. That is also true. Um, so, okay. And then the other thing is that there was in Austria... There was uh, Cratcher Fine Wine. Um, it's that's the wine shop that I mentioned before. They were targeted in at the end of November. They lost about six hundred to seven hundred bottles of top end wines. Supposedly, some of the items that they lost are Bordeaux's, Californias, which okay, Chateau Latour and Lafitte Rothschild, and Harlan Estate and Inglenook Rubicon. Now Inglenook, I've. Definitely heard of and is outrageously priced as well. But okay, I, I don't know. I think that's it. also, I think that's a US wine. Really? <laughs> at any rate, at the end of the year, November and December, several more shops as well as restaurants that had burglaries of their wine labels, in particular, a ton of Burgundy and Bordeaux. So you have to think this is, like we said before, very targeted, very intentional. They knew what they were getting. Now, Cratcher Fine Wine, and I don't know, I haven't seen anything else posted like recently about what has come out as far as the time that we're recording this. So I will say there will be time lapsed. Um, but certain wines come with their own serial number. And so the owners of those wines have logged them with Oh, I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. Because I'm Mm -hmm. like, this isn't like a phone or something where like you can identify it, but maybe you can. Right. Interesting. Yeah, so, and I don't know, I don't know that everybody, I don't know that all restaurants do that. Mm -hmm. They might do it for only certain, very few labels, Um, but definitely they did report it. 
And so they, in addition to increasing their own security measures, they did report it to the importers and also to Vin Monopole, which is a wine monopoly or something. Okay. Um, so that in the event somebody tries to sell it, they know. Then it's it's traceable, basically, right? So like, if you do a bank heist, you're never supposed to use that money. You got to launder it and like make it through, it's because they're they track serial numbers for certain yeah. things. So I guess same thing can is potentially applicable to the wines that were stolen, but. It's probably pretty unlikely that anyone's going to see anything. That shit's probably, like, buried down deep somewhere. Okay. Okay, what? I'm so intrigued. What what are your thoughts about this? Well, I was just reading some theories that potentially, like, the reason these crooks... I like saying that word. I like that word, too. uh, The reason that they were targeting these specific wines and skipped over expensive champagne or whatever is because they already had orders to fulfill... Mm. For certain wines. <gasps> so, so it's like somebody in the industry? I don't know. So, or like, like some probably Chinese billionaire or some like. I can't help but think of Rudy. Yeah, exactly. Right? As opposed to making. Why don't you tell people who Rudy is? I can't remember his last name, but Rudy basically bought. Stuff, reuse bottles. Wait, didn't he yeah. go to tastings and take the bottles home? He did mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy things. Committed outrageous fraud. Counterfeited yes. tons of wine, of super expensive wine. In his apartment wine. in California. Mm-hmm. And sold it. Yeah. Um, and tricked everyone in the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's like... Isn't he supposed to be getting out of jail soon? I don't know. Oh. Okay. Isn't there some like... Chinese, like potentially Chinese billionaire that's like buying all these bottles of coat roti or whatever and then they just don't have the bottles to fulfill. I guess. That's wild. If somebody goes in there, if they're uneducated, they're just going to swipe anything. They're going to get low bottles, low end stuff. They're going to get high end stuff, right? No one does this This without knowing anything. This somebody who knows what's going on. Although. They're also not targeting like, what, chilies? They're targeting. Yeah. Really high end places known for their wine list. Inglebook Rubicon is actually, I just looked it up. It is a California wine. Oh, okay, cool. It's a, um. It's about $200. So, I mean, that's not cheap, but that's not like... That's how much it costs us outside of a restaurant. But consider the markup at restaurants, too. But I don't think, like... Oh, but they're dollar reported. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah, but they're also... They are out that that anticipated revenue, I'll say. Oh, for sure. So, I don't know what Norway... How Norway works with, like... I will also say... Norway is super, I mean, Scandinavia is super fucking expensive. When we went, like, almost a decade ago. I've never been, but I've heard. It was like, a beer was like, like, a Miller Lite (laughs) equivalent was like $15. Oh my God. It's like, sorry, Miller. Do they just make a lot of money there? I don't know. They get a lot of fucking vacation. They're some of the happiest people on the earth. So despite having high costs of stuff, like, I don't know, doesn't bother them, I guess. Obviously, that's a lot of European stuff. I yeah. didn't, you know, there's always a ton of random things that we see here in the States. Was there anything else that you found that? Yeah. What? I found a wine theft that happens. I think it actually was October 2021. Okay. It was called the wine theft of the century. What? And a beauty queen was involved. 
What? She was a Wait, contestant for Miss Earth. Is I don't right? even know that's a thing. Miss Earth? Miss Earth? Not Miss America. I am Not Miss, Miss Earth. Universe. I'm Earth. I'm like the Miss of all the Misses. Wind, rain, and fire. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they were actually arrested. They were arrested in Croatia. But they stole 45 bottles of wine worth 1.6 million euros. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait. Yep. Wait. Okay. So what kind of wines did this person... Who is this so person? Where her is name this is from? Priscilla Lara Guevara. And her partner, Romanian Dutch man, Constantine Gabriel Dimitro. So they stole these wines in Spain, actually, but they got arrested in Croatia. So they visited this restaurant called El Atrio in western Spain. It's a two Michelin star restaurant. Okay. So you can imagine that they have an extensive wine list, right? But... um. They took wines like in 1806. 1806. Yeah, uh, that's outrageous. Chateau de de Kem. De Kem. Oh yep. my god. Who was bought? Which was bought that's in an so ac- at an auction mm-hmm. for twelve thousand euros in London. But they were the restaurant was saying that it was uh, they were charging three hundred and fifty thousand euros. So well, that's the markup that I'm saying. Yeah. So this is what ha- this is what they say happens. Priscilla, Miss Earth, or contestant for Miss Earth, distracted the waiters by trying to get them to, to order food, even though the restaurant had closed. Because I think it was like part of a hotel mm. or something. Yes. Mm. And her male accomplice slipped down to the wine cellar, opened it with a master key he had stolen. What? Yes, and filled three backpacks with bottles, wrapping them in the hotel towels. How did he? Yeah. But f- what? How many bottles did he take? Three Four. backpacks. Still, That's heavy shit. Well, also like, still, I can't believe it was worth that much money. Oh my god. Well, so so the Chateau de Chem is a half bottle. They're they're like not real bottles. The little bills. Oh yeah. So they also asked the hotel front desk to serve them more food and then went into the kitchen. Um, So when the guy went into the kitchen and left the security camera monitors unattended, that's (gasps) when he went in. So like she was like, I need food. Oh, my God. mm -hmm. So then the cameras. Do we know? uh, Her accomplice was 47. I don't know how old she was. But... um, then the authorities said that the cameras captured them the next day checking out at 5.30 in the morning. Okay, I'm sorry. If you stole all that wine, would you stick around at all? Oh, fuck no. Right. Uh, would you even check out? I would just leave. I would just leave. But wouldn't that make you more obvious because you'd be dodging? I, no one knows you're leaving. You just leave. <clears throat> but if it's a small boutique hotel, then maybe they require it. They don't have like automatic or... Um, yeah, but you just leave. Who cares? You're gone. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, I guess they checked in with false Swiss identity documents. <gasps> yeah. 
And then so the police think that they were part of this like meticulously planned heist and that they were like, it was a work of an organized gang. I'm not even kidding you guys. Wait, they still think that? Yeah. So the couple had visited the place three times before they robbed it. And they had been given a tour of the wine cellar, but that was normal. It was normal to be given a tour. Bet you they no longer do that anymore. Yeah. So the sommelier and co-owner of the restaurant said that the Chateau de Chem from 1806 was part of his personal history. Almost part of me of the history of a trio, which is a restaurant. Um, But also of Caxere. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's the city. Of its citizens, of wine lovers all over the world. That's sad. So they also took Romane Conti. See? Yeah. It's supposedly the best wine cellar in Spain and maybe one of the best in Europe. Okay, so you want to know how they were found? So they left Spain within days and this turned into a nine-month chase by the Spanish police. They kept moving from place to place. So they went to the Netherlands, Croatia, Romania... And so finally, they were caught up in Croatia when the border guards identified them. At least when the article was published a few months ago that I was looking at, they still hadn't recovered the stolen wine. Did you know that French Laundry in Napa was also robbed once? No. In 2014, with over $300,000 worth of wine. They broke in with a crowbar and stole 76 bottles, including tons of Domaine de la Romaine Conti and Screaming Eagle. Oh, Screaming Eagle is the big one over here, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know what I didn't even think about here? Well, I don't know what the mask situation is in Europe any longer, but the pictures I'm seeing of Miss Earth and... Her colleague, uh, they're both wearing masks. So I bet you they thought they could get away with it because they were masked. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Mind. Was she Miss Earth Mexico? I think Maybe. so. Yep. Oh, this is so... Mexican beauty. Crazy. I know. Isn't it? Yeah. Look, guys, I love wine just as much as the next person. This is just silly. Let's talk about this Michelin star restaurant in Spain. Does that mean that they no longer offer the tours through their wine cellar? I don't know. I'm sure that they've ramped up more security. I think about that Tolbaden restaurant in Norway that is no longer open. And what, so within a matter of three months, they closed down. Is it because of that? They're planning to open another restaurant, which doesn't mean they're totally turned off by the idea. But what are places doing in order to avoid this and and why have they not done it to begin with if they carry such reputable wines this this is like an abomination in my mind i'm like what the fuck were they thinking to not put this under like five stories underground well i mean like if it's a restaurant they need to access it no i know i know you know and okay so the one that i just talked about they had a security key apparently that was stolen But I mean, when we think of wine security, a lot of times we're just thinking about keeping the wine in good conditions, like keeping it away from heat, keeping it, you know, in a dark place, like things like that. We think that as wine security, but really, if you're in a place like that, you want to lock it up. So 
Um, there's a lot of customizable wine cellar doors. You can have sensors, apparently, that act- activate video recordings of activity oh. around your wine cellar or wine cabinet. But, like, that's just a normal security system, in my opinion, right? Nowadays, yeah. Nowadays, it is. So, like, why wouldn't you have that around Well, and it's pro- it could be that, you know, maybe these places have been around for a long enough time and they've just been like, well, it's, been, it's worked up until now, so why do we change anything because I'm sure it will also be expensive to replace the systems that they already have in place. And maybe you need like a wine cabinet in your cellar that's already locked that has your most expensive wine. Like the most prized ones, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. So but, crazy. And like, can you insure, I don't know about these other countries, but at least, at least in the U.S., can you insure your wine? I don't think you can. Like, what if you insure it and you're like, sorry, I drank it. Do you know I'm what I'm trying to money? think about? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think. So do you remember that one story? It was that book that I read. It was, I think, called Tangled Vines. Yeah. And it was that story of Mark something or other who was supposedly a wine storage person. Uh But he ended up selling off like people's libraries, basically. Like vineyards libraries and, and then some. Um, but then remember he set fire to it. I do think that you can insure places like that, but and I think it's it's probably going to be limited to locations where you wouldn't go in necessarily on like a daily basis in like your res- your reserves to like right. pull out a bottle for dinner, right? right? They probably wouldn't insure that for like the daily drink, but for something that is of like this particular stature, maybe you can insure that. I don't know. Especially know. if you're a wine hoarder, basically. Yeah. Wine collector, excuse me. I'm sure people can dude, isn't aren't JLo's legs insured for like a million dollars a piece or yeah, something I guess you can like insure that? Everything, but you can't eat her legs. <laughs> you could try. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just kinda looking around here. Like you could try it. But, like, I guess there is specifically wine insurance. Is that so? Yeah. Well. The cost is about 40 mm. to $0.80 cents per $100 worth of wine. So, like, if it's $0.60 cents per $100 and you have a $100,000 collection, then your annual would be $600. That's not but bad. But we're talking about only like what two thousand two hundred thousand dollars were stolen from the one place yeah but 1.6 million yeah that's crazy also like they filled up three backpacks and it was 1.6 million that seems insane to me also how were they not terrified to walk around with it like i'm clumsy i just fell down my stairs the other day and i'm not even kidding Um, it's only three stairs but still i think that they have a lot more other things to be scared of i would be terrified i would break a 18 what did you say 1806 yeah bottle of chateau de cam oh my god especially if because you said that people are taking things intentionally because they probably have buyers wouldn't you be terrified that you would break that bottle for that buyer that's why they wrapped them in hotel towels oh yeah you did say that about that one okay they had it all planned out. You got an answer for everything, girl. I guess. They just kept skipping countries. <laughs> that didn't work out in their favor. Not so much. God, Not Miss so Earth. Much. Could okay. you represent Earth in a better way? Take care of your damn grapes, girl. 
So should we go back to this wine? Yeah. I'm still getting some herbs. Is there a little a hint of you cook with herbs much more than I do? Is it's there a hint savory. of rosemary? Yeah. Which is I like perfect it. for Italian yeah. wines. It's also we didn't really talk about the color. I mean it's a ruby color. It's ruby. What did I say it was 2018? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd call it No. It's a it's dark, but it's actually it it's, looks super dark, but it's but then when you look at it in the glass, it's, it's seems lighter. Quite light. You can yeah. you can totally see through it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say it's a little bit ruby, but I think it definitely has like what year is this again? 18. 18. It almost looks like an older wine, but it's not. Oh, because it's a little watery? Yeah. On the rim? Yeah. Well, but five uh, years is starting to show some age. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not a spring chicken. But, like <clears throat> me. No, this is definitely a more medium-bodied wine. It is a bit savory. I'd say more savory on the nose than it is on the palate. I'd I'm agree s- with that. I'm still getting, you're right, there's like, there's a good amount of acidity, but it's very balanced. It's a very smooth wine. It's smooth. It's balanced. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, um, I just don't get a lot of tannins. Okay. When you swish it in your mouth, you feel you, okay. I'm, I'm not saying there's none, but it's not a lot. And it is gone in a second. Mm-hmm. You know what though? It doesn't really have like the flavors like only hit to like the mid tongue. I know that that sounds really weird and I never really think about that with wines but like i'm not getting anything like in the back of my throat no so like you said it's it quenches your thirst almost which i think an italian wine is made to do because you're supposed to be eating with it Mm -hmm. and i think it's supposed to help quench your thirst in a way as far as what what kind of oh yeah i was gonna say what kind of uh fruits are you getting it's all dark dark berry yeah but not when I say dark berry, when you say dark berry for like a California wine, it's kind of in your face, dark berry. Yes. Like super fruity. Mm-hmm. This is not a fruity wine. No, I know. That's why I'm having a very hard time. Um, But it has dark berry undertones, but you get more of the herbal. It's it's I hard wanna, because it's not a, it's not a, a heavy wine. So like, it's I'm going to tell you, it's not blueberry. I'm going to say I get a little mint. You get mint? This is like what our wine tastes yeah. the other night. Yeah, there's like um, a little mint on here, but like, is it mint it's green on the back? Very map? subtle, I feel like. Yeah, winter fresh. Wait, hang on. I don't think that I get the mint. It's good. You just say it's that. good. It, it's good. It's good. I mean, for twenty dollars, I would definitely buy this. If we were Karen McNeil, how would we describe this though? Um. Remind me why they have a boar on the label. Oh my god, we never got to it. Okay. Beware the grape thief. Scourge of Italian vineyards running amok, trampling vines, and stealing the sweet fruit that grows upon them. I think these little piggies go into the vineyards oh, and eat the grapes off the vines. Because remember when we were in Napa? Yeah, remember when we were in Napa? I think it was Joseph Phelps who was telling us all about... Yes. When certain animals started eating the fruit off the vines, that's how they knew that they were ripe enough, among other mm-hmm. more technical things, I think. But yeah, certainly pigs, are, pigs okay. are running rampant. So that is why the piggy is on the front. I got it. I like it. Yeah. How would I describe this wine if I was Karen McNeil? That is a good question. 
It's the water of wine, man. It just quenches your thirst. I'm going to say it's like, okay, hear me out for a second and then you can tell me I'm totally wrong. It's kind of like a mini burst of cherry at the top, but it very, it's, it like gets smoothed over by whatever black fruit is or dark fruit is in there. And it, it's like cooling off by the pool. Like you sit there and because there's no tannin, there's nothing like abrasive in your mouth. It's just very much like, like you're dipping your toes and you're relaxing into and settling into a nice, comfortable pool after a long day. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Um, I don't get the cherry that you said, but I would agree with that. I think it's, um, it's, you guys, it is so smooth. It is like, it is, right? It's like so smooth. It's like butter. Like, Like, I don't understand, like, in I feel like way, I haven't had a red wine like this that yeah. has that has enough structure, structure, with acidity, no tannin. flavor, no tannins, but smoothness. I mean, honestly, I give them a lot of props for yeah. doing this with twenty bucks. I think this is delightful. I think we're stealing from them. Oh, <laughs> we are the grape thieves. We're the grape thieves. We're the grape juice thieves. Yeah. Okay. This, this is, is a good, good time. This is a good one. Thank you for bringing it. Yeah. Ladro de, de uva. We probably said that so American. <laughs> what are you Whatever. talking about? We're 100% Italian. Prego. Prego. Yeah. Bruschetta. There we go. Now we are. All right, guys. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.